This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. What can only be described as an utterly bizarre qualifying session, it's home advantage for Ferrari. Charles Leclerc starts on pole position. My name is Claire Cottingham and this is the Checkered Flag Podcast. Well, what a qualifying session we've just seen here. It's just finished in Monza. Up in the commentary box, Jack Nichols and Jolien Palmer. Uh, Jack, it's a bit of a wow moment here. Uh, it seems like we're quite stunned by what we've just seen. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if I've seen anything like it in Formula One. I've seen, it was kind of similar yesterday in the Formula Three qualifying session, and lots of people ended up with penalties. We'll get into a discussion about that later on, I guess. But they did their first run fairly standard. Leclerc quickest, Hamilton second, Bottas third, Vettel fourth. And then for the second run, no one wanted to be at the front. No one wanted to be the sort of sacrificial lamb providing the slipstream for everybody else. So they all just kind of went really slowly to try and avoid each other. And it was quite early on in the lap you knew that trouble was trouble was around because it was only the... It was by the time they were at the Curva Grande and they suddenly had a minute left or something and suddenly everybody realised, right, we've got to go. They all floored it and only Carlos Sainz was the one who got round in time to actually set a qualifying lap. Everybody else took the checker flag. It was just a bit stupid. <laughs> Jolien, I, I remember you saying in commentary, with about two minutes or so, I think it was two minutes 30 left on the clock, and you were like, they're going to run out of time. Someone's going to have to pounce first. And I thought, yeah, maybe they might run out of time, but they're not really going to, are they? Because these are the most, as you were saying, Jack, some of the, the best brains in Formula One, and they completely botched it. Yeah, but on, not for the first time. Remember China? We've already had this where a few of them missed out. Yeah. Now they've all missed out, apart from a McLaren and the guy that was already on provisional pole. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Two and a half minutes and they were in the garage. They were in the garage. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. Now, Michael Massey, the race director, said in the driver's meeting, he warned about this and he said, Spa was ridiculous. Right. We cannot have this happen again. Now, he didn't mention any particular penalty, but he said, we're looking stupid. Let's not have this again. And, uh, uh, well, it's happened again. The problem was, with no fixed penalty for it, everyone's going to do it. You can't, we're all looking silly. Come on, guys, let's not do it. Like a gentleman's code, that's going to cost you pole position? No. Yeah, of course you're going to do it. Now, he said the drivers will be under investigation for, uh, for driving too unnecessarily slowly or dangerously. He said that could be a factor. The last is being investigated. That final lap but what are they how can they penalize everyone because they were all in it together Toto Wolf has said uh, that was not even worthy of a junior formula everybody looks like idiots yeah they, <laughs> they, they, it's true it's true they do if you came out Jolien after a, a session like that and had what would you say to your engine what would you say to the garage and just be like how, how did we get that so wrong how did everyone get it so wrong right well you don't want to be the first car to start the lap Vettel did that on the first run and he was fourth out of four in his mini race the Ferraris and Mercedes it, to be honest it was a tenth and a half off Charles Leclerc who had a very good toe 
it's not a deal breaker, but if you're trying to do the perfect lap to take pole, you need to, you, you know, it's quicker to have a toe. So they're all waiting around. Then they all left. Two and a half minutes is enough time to go around and do an outlap. For 10 cars messing around, going very slowly, it's not. Well, so here's the point. So, yeah, okay, they should have left with more time to go. But actually, would that have made any difference? If they'd left with three and a half minutes to go, they'd have had an extra minute. They'd have still been messing around going at one mile an hour until it was too late. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They only sped up when they were going to run out of time. So if you send them out with four minutes to go, they still don't want to be first. They're still going to slow right down. They're still going to drop back. And they're only going to floor it when they absolutely have to. Otherwise, it's just whatever happens, even if you had infinite time, it would just be a slow race around to the Parabolica. Yeah, you're right. They left with two and a half minutes. But, but they were flat out from the second chicane put in. They were that slow out of the pits. Hulkenberg cuts the corner. Stroll leads the race. Stroll slows down. Sainz is side by side with him through Curva Grande at five miles an hour. It's, it's just crazy. Like, what is going on? It was like the slowest Formula One race I've ever seen in my life where no one wanted to win. And they've all lost. I could have won it. I could have won that race. Running. Running, yeah, no. <laughs> you'd, you'd have broken down. Yeah. You'd have perished it around Curva Grande. I'd have had a mechanical, I tell you. <laughs> but not just that. We saw um, Hulkenberg was the first driver to go out. He actually came off the circuit, went through the runoff, and still came out in front of the pack of cars. It was just bonkers. And surely, as a paying fan, that's not why you come to watch qualifying. You watch, a, you know, the last second shootout, don't you? Well, yeah. It was entertaining. I have to say, as a fan, you've got your money's worth. Don't <laughs> yeah, it was more entertaining <laughs> than just they do another lap of Monza. <laughs> Jackie Baker Stubbs actually tweeted in. She's been she tweets us in all the time, and she uh, she said that was worth the 26-hour flight from Australia. That was crazy stuff. Yeah, look, <laughs> it, it was entertaining. They all looked stupid in the end, but the, the, it's just the way that Formula One is now. The slipstream is crucial. The pace difference around this lap particularly is so little. This circuit is straight lines with six corners in it. Chicanes, but six sections of corners in. The straight line speed's crucial. You get that with a the slipstream. They've got bigger wings this year. The, the, the slipstream effect is greater. You need one if you're going to be maximizing your car's potential. So it's a, it's a it, that's where, how we've got to this position, basically. Should there be penalties? What you would? Uh, how can there be for for blocking another driver's lap or something or so? No, 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 I, I, I know, I know. I don't know how that how well, they can well, be. You but... can't penalise it because it's, they're all in it together. You could penalise all nine of them. Giovinazzi takes pole position in his home race for qualifying eleventh. There's your story. There, there's your story. You can't penalise them because they're all in it together. It would have been exactly the same the other way round. We had a, a test run last week when Hulkenberg in the Renault was bunching up the Mercedes and Ferraris and um, uh, quel surprise it's happened again only more dramatically than anyone could have imagined does the FIA need to do something about this well this is the thing isn't it what sort of like what can they do with the penalty what can they do <laughs> yeah. to, to, to stop this happening but on a serious note do they need to do anything because what the teams will sort out themselves well, this that is... won't happen again because all the teams will now be wary of it and, okay, in hindsight, what do you do? If you're Mercedes, you have to send one car with no toe, the other one with a toe. And that's how you flip a coin or however you want to do it. 
you, you do it how Ferrari were looking to do it. The first lap of Q3, Leclerc's behind Vettel. The second one, Leclerc went out ahead of Vettel, only there was Albin in the way and then the, the drama ensued. That's how you've got to do it. You've got to ignore the rest of them. Forget going out behind a Ferrari, a Renault or whatever else. Do your own thing. Two Mercedes, go out in your own time. One toe, then the other one, one toe. Well, this is the thing. Everyone's going, you know, oh, F1's a farce, F1's a joke, whatever. Can't, it's nothing to do with F1. Like, those are the rules. <laughs> it's up to the teams to get a lap in. And, you know, F1's a farce when, I don't know, a race doesn't start behind the safety car because there's a drizzle. Or, yeah, in, 05. Exactly. Indianapolis 2005 where some of the tyres, uh, the Michelin tyres didn't work and they all had to pit so only six cars started the race. F1 is a farce in that scenario. These are the rules. The rules, how long have we had this, this form of qualifying? Ten years, something like that? This Q1, Q2, Q3 thing? This is, the, this is on the teams. They're the ones who, uh, who, who look like the numpties. Again, it, it's, it's them that, that this reflects badly on. The sport, maybe a little bit, but yeah. this is, it, it's, the grid's a bit more jumbled up potentially because of it, although the Q1 times were still, uh, the, sorry, the, the first run times were still sort of okay. But, um, you know, I don't think it's, it's absolutely made a, made a big difference. Just people saw one less lap at the end of, end of qualifying. Well, let's hear the thoughts of Lewis Hamilton on that. Geez, they were leaving it so late. I was watching the clock and I was like, it's two minutes to go. There's no way we're going to get round with everyone going slow. So I think a big mis, um, misjudgment from, from all the teams, or our team particularly, because the thing is, we're the furthest down the pit lane. So they let us go and then everyone goes in front. or So they're watching us. We start it and everyone follows. So it's, it's a difficult call, but they left it way too late for sure. So that's something that's something that I asked for in, in the driver's brief. And I said, look, it's, it's, it's getting bad. You see it in Formula 3, you see it in, in our previous races. At, some, at what point are you going to make a change? When someone crashes and you know gets in an incident, then you'll make a change. I said, you've got to preempt it. And so it was really good to see them try and be preemptive and do a change, but it wasn't unfortunately enough today. So maybe in the future they'll, do, they'll change it into something else. But it can't be anything but frustrating for you. Are there? Is there a conversation you're going to have with your team now about that? Uh... I mean, now we just focus on tomorrow, but there, I think that's the sport will, uh, there'll be a big debate within the sport. I'm sure the media will bring a lot up. The fans are probably, uh, probably weren't happy with today. And then uh, as a team, we maybe we could have gone out earlier, but then so that other, would other people have gone out earlier? Who knows? Um, but we're all fighting for that toe. So maybe there'll be some changes for the future because it's, it's cascading down into the lower categories as well. Um, yeah, so, but all I've got to do is focus on keeping the car on track and doing the best I can. Lewis Hamilton there uh, talking about the end of qualifying. Quite interesting to hear from him, but it is Charles Leclerc, Jack, who starts on pole position despite all of that. Yeah, and he did a good job only by four hundredths of a second ahead of Hamilton and uh, only five hundredths of a second ahead of Valtteri Bottas. It really, really was tight in the end. Uh, the top four cars only covered by a tenth and a half. So Leclerc's done a good job on that first run, quicker than Hamilton and Bottas. Did Hamilton lose time on his uh, on his first run lap, Jolian? Because that's that will frustrate him if so. Yeah, Hamilton lost time because he was following Kimi Raikkonen, who had a spin at Parabolica, and Hamilton had to, he couldn't commit fully to using all the road, getting on the throttle as early as possible, and he lost a little bit of time. And considering he was only just less than four hundredths off Leclerc, that could have been pole for Hamilton. Bottas 
qualified third was half a tenth from Charles Leclerc, went through a yellow flag zone at Parabolica. Yeah. Vettel qualified fourth, went all four wheels off at Parabolica. <laughs> so what stands and what doesn't here? Yeah, it's nuts. But Ferrari in a great place. I think Hamilton's obviously very happy to be to be splitting the Ferraris and also with Bottas behind him as well. That gives him a real chance to win this Grand Prix tomorrow. And we almost got Hamilton v Leclerc in the closing stages in Spa. I think tomorrow we're getting that we're getting that from lights to flag. Yeah, I, I agree. I think well, Hamilton Leclerc is the uh, I think Hamilton Leclerc is going to be uh, going to be fascinating tomorrow. The race pace of the Mercedes has been strong. The quality pace of the Mercedes was strong. I have to say, Leclerc has potentially lucked out. We didn't. We obviously don't know the final runs. What would have happened? But I think uh, it's a narrow pole that he'll absolutely have taken. Can he hang on against Hamilton in the race? Bottas there as well. That's going to be a, a different question. Well, let's hear from the man on pole position. Yeah, it's going to be very tight. Uh, I think uh, the, the start will be very important, trying to pull the, the biggest gap possible in the first three laps for them to not have DRS. Otherwise, I think it's going to be uh, very difficult to, uh, to pull and, and, and they are uh, two uh, behind, so they can always play games. I really hope that Seb will have a, a good start tomorrow so he, can, uh, so he can be closer to me. Charles Leclerc there. Um, let's have a moment to talk about the Renault because... I think the Renaults were really incredible. The, the pace that Daniel Ricciardo was having before all that happened at the end of qualifying was really impressive. Yeah, Ricciardo fifth, Hulkenberg sixth. Similar circuit to Canada back in June, where they uh, where they went well, and Ricciardo actually qualified fourth. And in the end, in Q3, they were sort of half a second away. So I think even with a second run, they're not quite getting up and troubling the Ferraris and the Mercedes. But a, a third row lockout, very good for Renault. I, I can't think of their last, of their best, you know, joint qualifying since then. Yeah, well, I mean, Canada was, was I fourth think, and... I think Hockerberg was seventh. Oh, OK, fine. So that's about even, let's say, on average. Yeah. So uh, it's around there. It's a brilliant job, brilliant weekend from them. And they looked so composed every run. They didn't use tyres unnecessarily. They were conservative. That meant they had a new set for the start of Q3. And Ricardo particularly has been on fire really uh, really good Hulkenberg a couple of tenths back and they'll be looking to deliver some good points tomorrow the actual man who was most unlucky in all of this is Alex Albon because he didn't get a run in the first part of qualifying because the red flag came out before he finished his run and then everyone was goofing around for the second run so he didn't even set a lap time so I feel I'm bad for Albon because could he have been fifth ahead of the Renaults potentially he had I think he had the pace to be there it was close between Albon and Ricardo. They were neck and neck after two sectors. So he, he would have been right there with Ricardo, fifth or sixth on the grid. Uh, the Renaults were, were troubling Albon in, uh, in terms of pace throughout the whole session. So he has lost out Albon because he stops behind Carlos Sainz as well. But um, yeah, unlucky. He was the, at the back of that train on the first run and, uh, and so didn't get any lapping in, uh, in Q3. He seemed quite disheartened when I spoke to him earlier and I said, you know, are you happy with that? And he said, well, obviously, no, compared to what, hap you know, what happened at the end of qualifying wasn't ideal. And I said to him, are you feeling settled at Red Bull now? And he said, no, I'm not feeling settled either. And we've got to remember that he's only been in that car for two weekends and only once for a race. I mean, there's a, uh, is there a lot of pressure on him, Jolien, at this point? Or is it a case of, you know, just spread your wings? Um... 
yeah, no, there's pressure. There's always pressure in Formula One, especially when you move to a race-winning team. He's never going to be happy with that. He's eighth. He's out of position in a Red Bull. Um, in fact, I think he's going to be the crossest of them all, I would have thought. I would be absolutely furious if you haven't got to run in because one guy red flagged it and then everyone else has behaved like absolute numpties. I'd be furious. Yeah, Red Bull might have thought about sending him out a bit earlier considering he had no lap on the board. Yeah. He, the Red Bull, you could point maybe the fingers to the most because they had the most to gain by just doing a non-slipstream lap. They might have gotten so They would have been ahead of Sainz at least and Albon was probably not going to challenge the Ferraris and Mercedes anyway. So uh, he'll be cross. I'll tell you what, Vettel will be cross as well because he did his first lap no toe. He was the first one out yeah. and led, led the line. Tenth and a half down and uh, he was desperate for just a toe the second time and never got it in so the two of them but yeah Albin pressure on him but in a way there's nothing he can do about that one so um, eighth position disappointing for him but uh, what can he do about it Sebastian Vettel didn't he, he seemed a bit cross but there's mostly this year he's not been very happy when he comes to speak to the media anyway so you can never quite tell if he's unhappy or if that's just uh, what he's like at the moment because uh, Leclerc's doing so well. A quick word on drivers that are starting at the back of the grid. Um, Pierre Gasly as well as Lando Norris and Max Verstappen who had another problem with his engine in qualifying. Yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately it sort of didn't matter because he wasn't going to qualify anyway because of starting at the back of the grid tomorrow. But it is a bit of a worry for Honda. Their reliability is obviously much better than it used to be, but we also saw a reliability problem for Mercedes with uh, Sergio Perez as well. It's, well. it's not been confirmed that it was an engine problem, but it seemed to point towards that way. So uh, not ideal for Verstappen, and he says he's just hoping for a, for a wet race when he spoke to you earlier, which is maybe a possibility. So that would mix things up entirely as well. It would be great at a little wet race. But actually, you know what? I'm, I'm well up for a dry, flat-out Grand Prix hour and 20 minutes Leclerc v Hamilton head-to-head -head, historic circuit 220 miles an hour that's that gets me going rain or shine yeah it's going to be good last year was a really good flat-out race Hamilton and Riken we've got a Mercedes and Ferrari at the front again it's not going to rain tomorrow it's going to rain in the morning and then it's going to clear up is my super duper oh. prediction oh. I think we're going to be in for a dry race um, and it, even in the dry it's, it's anyone's game four cars Ferrari Mercedes Mercedes Ferrari Hulkenberg podium no <laughs> <laughs> well that's good because I've still forgotten my rain jacket so I'm hoping it's dry tomorrow um, well make sure you join us for the race tomorrow this has been an IMG production for BBC Radio 5 Live